Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go on our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs, the fourth chapter. And I, uh, I want to talk to you tonight. I just uh, feel impressed to share this about the wisdom of the Word and how the Word gives us wisdom. Now, in Proverbs 4, verse 7, it says that wisdom is the principal thing. It's the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. So the Bible, you know, we major on faith a lot, but the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing, not faith. Faith's, faith's wonderful, but you've got to have wisdom. You've got to have wisdom. So wisdom's the principal thing. It's the thing that's going to put us over in life. Hallelujah. And I just want to talk to you tonight about how the Word gives us wisdom. And there's a huge, huge deficit of wisdom in the earth right now. I mean, come on. I mean, not only in the world, but even in the church. I mean, there's a huge deficit of wisdom. And I want to talk to you about why that's, why that's there and what we can do to avoid that being us. Because God wants us to have wisdom. Do you know the Bible says that He gives it liberally to all men. He won't find fault with you. He'll just give it to you if you ask Him. Amen. And so His wisdom, and I'm not teaching on this tonight, but His wisdom, it comes through different ways. It comes through His Word. It comes by His Spirit. Amen. It comes different ways we receive His wisdom. But the, the number one primary way God gets wisdom to us is by the Word, by the Word of God. Amen. And so I want to talk to you about that and about why we're seeing such a deficit in America and the nation and the church. Uh, you know, a lot, such a deficit of wisdom. And there's a reason why. And we're going to discover that tonight. Let's go over to Timothy. Second, or excuse me, First Timothy. I want to look at some scripture tonight. And like I said, we're not, we're not keeping you long tonight. But, you know, don't check out on the message. You know, because it's still going to be good. Let's go to First uh, Timothy chapter 4. So where has all this deficit of wisdom come from? I mean, you know, some of the things that people think, it's just like, you know, I just saw this, and this is, you know, this may be off the subject a little bit, but I saw this just, just recently, you know, that, you know, there was a little altercation at, at the end of a college basketball game between coaches, and now we've got a bunch of people, because they, they were shaking hands as they do the handshake in the past, you know, by and shake one another's hands. And, uh, and so a uh, little altercation there, I'm not blaming anybody, but, you know, they just had some issues, and so now we got people crying out, we should abandon the, the post-game handshake. I said, so what you're telling us is instead of fixing the people, we should just stop doing, having sportsmanship. I said, what a lack of wisdom. The problem isn't the, problem isn't the, the, the post-game handshake. The problem's the people. Let's fix the people. Amen. <laughs> You know, and so I, and we see that all throughout, you know, uh, our nation today where 
Nobody has any wisdom to fix the problems. They just they don't have any wisdom. But but and 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 we used to have some sense about us and some common sense. But where did it go? Well, let's look here in the Bible. Let's look at First uh, Timothy chapter four, and verse one. The Bible says. Notice this. Now the Spirit, this is the old King James, the Spirit speaks expressly. And that means he's adamant about this. That in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits or deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So this is a situation that Paul said was going to happen in the last days. And he said some would depart from the faith. Now, what, now, let me just say this to you. I have in my, my Bible here that I have, I have written out that they would drift from the Bible. They would drift from the Bible. You can't depart from the faith without drifting from the Bible. If you stay with the Bible, you're not going to depart from the faith. And he said, instead of listening to the Bible, the faith, I mean, you know, that's where our faith comes from, Right. Is that right? The Bible. Instead of listening to the Bible, he said that they're going to they're going to give heed. They're going to listen to the seducing or deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils or demons. So instead of giving their ear to the word, they're going to give their ear to, to, to doctrines of demons and seducing spirits. And listen, he is not really talking about, even though this would apply, he's not really talking about, listen, he's not talking about the world here because you can't drift from something if you weren't in it. You can't depart from something if you weren't there. You can't depart from Evansville if you're not in Evansville. You can't depart from the faith if you're not in the faith. Amen. And so he's talking to us believers about making sure we don't drift away from the faith. Well, you have to drift away from the Bible. So this is really talking about a drift or a departing from the Bible. And he said that's what's going to happen in the last days. Now, what you, what you need to understand is this, is that even though uh, you know, people may not have been saved in years gone by, they still... And just by, by uh, virtue of our culture, they still live the Bible. Amen. You know, some of the things that people today are saying is okay, if you'll back the tape up 10 years ago, they said it wasn't okay. Right? Or 20 years ago, they said it wasn't okay, but now it's okay because they've drifted from the Bible and started listening instead of listening to the Bible. See, if you don't, you're going to listen to somebody. It's either going to be the Bible or it's going to be the seducing spirits, deceiving spirits. So you're going to listen to somebody. I don't know about you, but man, I'm going to listen to the Bible. I said, I'm going to stay with the Bible. I'm not, listen, I'm not going to change the Bible for culture. Amen. Culture will just have to change for the Bible. And so we see this, this, this drifting away, and Paul, actually, he prophesied about it, that there would be this departure from the faith or this departure from the Bible, and people would start listening to deceiving spirits. Well, you know, if you just keep listening to the Word, you're going to know when a deceiving spirit speaks. Amen. You're going to know that right away when, you know, when, you, when you've read the Bible and you have the wisdom of God, you know, like... You know, like people today, they do things that if they just read the Bible, the Bible tell them would rebuke it. It would rebuke that. Amen? <laughs> you know, some, there's some hot button issues, and I never have done it, but it's like three or four years ago, I thought about doing a series on hot button issues. 
Maybe someday the Lord will give me a little release about that. It'll make a lot of people, not in our church, but, you know, make a lot of people mad if they saw it because there's hot button issues. You know, it's like the church doesn't even know. When I say the church, let's back up. A lot of the church don't even know. It, they, and, they really, and some of them are totally ignorant of it. And they don't even know that you, you should, you know, that, that, that uh, marriage comes before sex. Come on, I'm preaching really good. You, ke- you keep this up and I'm going to make you stay longer. <laughs> really, man. You know, the Bible says marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. It puts marriage before the bed. But did you know we got couples that live together in churches all throughout Evansville and the pastor never tells them what's wrong? And he doesn't even really have to necessarily confront them face to face. He could just say it from the pulpit. Right? He could just measure it. And that, that cleans a lot of it up, just preaching it. And I heard a pastor say, he said, I took over this church. And he said, man, he said, you would not believe how many couples we used to call it years ago shacking up. Anybody old enough remember that term, shacking up? And so he said, I got there. I started preaching on how that was wrong. And he said, it's amazing how many people started getting married. So you have what you preach, see. You know, there may be one that you have to have, a, you know, come to Jesus talk with. But most of them get it after a while. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, and you know, no one's saying, there's times that people are just born again. They're babes. They, gotta, they don't know. They have to find out. But we're talking about people that's been sitting there for years. Why? Because we've departed from the Bible and listening to deceiving spirits. And that deceiving spirit says, don't judge anybody. Have you ever heard that one? <laughs> don't be judgmental. Listen, Jesus said you got to judge the fruit, you know. We don't judge people to hell or damnation. That's God's business, you know what I'm saying. But, but the Bible says, Paul said, don't you judge those who are with, that are within? Don't you? Don't, he said, isn't there, isn't there uh, even a, a wise one among you that can tell the, what's right and what's wrong? That's what he told, that's paraphrased, but that's what he told the church of Corinth. Don't you have anybody even wise enough to know What's right and wrong? He said, we're, don't you know we're going to judge angels? We're going to judge the world. And you can't judge the smallest matters. So we see this, this drift, and Paul called it in Thessalonians, he called it a falling away. And it's literally a drift from God's Word. It's a drift of the Bible. And it doesn't happen in people's lives that are Christians overnight. It's just little by little. It starts happening, and you just slowly start drifting away. And the next thing you know, you're in a dangerous place because you're listening to doctrines of demons. Now, Paul said this. Let's go to 2 Timothy. Come on, this is good preaching tonight. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy. You know, we need good uh, messages like this where we learn to avoid these pitfalls that are happening in our society and in the church today. I'm well aware that there's a lot of churches that would, you know, wouldn't listen to this kind of preaching any longer. But I'm glad you still hit, want to hear it. I still want to hear it. I, I want to, you know, it's amazing, you know, you can become a favorite word person. And, you know, and you only hear what you, what's your favorite word. But we need to hear the whole word of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Just think what our lives would be like if we were actually living by every word that came out of God's mouth. Oh, my goodness, how sweet life would be. But we're all growing. We're all learning. And hopefully we're all changing. Amen. Now, Paul said this to Timothy. And uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, I charge you, verse 1, I charge you therefore before God 
and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick of the living and the dead at his appearing in kingdom, preach the word. Everybody say, preach the word. He said, I charge you to preach the word. And he said, you're going to be, listen, you're going to be judged for it. Because he said, Jesus will judge the living and the dead, Timothy, and you better preach the word because one day you're going to stand before him and as a minister of the gospel, he's not going to be asking you whether you preached on current events. He's going to ask you, did you preach the word? Amen. He's not going to ask you if you preached on politics. He's going to ask you, did you preach the word? Listen, if you preach the word, it'll get in people's politics. You better believe that right now. You come here long enough when you're a liberal Democrat, I'll have you mad before a couple weeks just by preaching the word. You say you don't like liberal Democrats? I don't like some of the things they believe. They're against the word. Hallelujah. And I don't even have to preach on politics. All I can just tell you is murdering babies is a sin. You can be forgiven if you've done it and God has mercy. We've all made mistakes and messed it up, so that's not the issue. But the issue is, it's still wrong. Amen. Now, now so he said, pre- everybody say, preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. Be instant. Or that word there in the King James says, be instant. It means to stand ready. Just be ready. In season and out of season. When they like it, when they don't like it, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And so then, in other words, they're, 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 they, they just want to hear what they want to hear. And they shall turn away <laughs> their ears. Well, someone texted me the other day and was asking me a Bible question. You know, and, and they were really sincere, you know, about a certain issue in the Bible. And they were saying, but, you know, they, they said, well, what, you know, I, and I told them what the scripture said about it. I text back, told them what the scripture said about it. But then they, they text back. But, but, but you hear so many different, when you go to churches, you hear so many different opinions. I text back, people's opinions don't matter at all. What matters is the word. Amen. Show it to me in God's word. I don't care about your opinion. I don't care about my opinion. It's the word of God. Amen. So he said, listen, they won't endure sound doctrine, but they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. In other words, they'd rather hear fables than the truth. Uh, I don't know about you, but I want to know the truth. How about you? You know what I'm saying? I'm one of these guys, if I'm sitting with you at lunch and you you got something you know, on your face, I'll tell you. I'll say, man, hey, you know, get that goober off your face. You know, it looks bad. Now, see, somebody, oh, that's a fit. No, I'd rather you know that than walk around the restaurant and everybody see it. I mean, that's love. To tell people the truth is love. Amen. <laughs> I've had to tell some of you the truth. You know, that's the truth. You know, but I didn't do it main. I just told you because I don't want you to mess your life up. Amen. All right, praise God. Amen. Now, let's look, let's, let's look at this. He said, verse 5, he said, but you watch in all things. In other words, 
Timothy, you be ready to preach the word in all things. No matter what's going on, preach the word. Endure, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry or fulfill your ministry. But I want, I want to go back to verse 2. He said, preach the word. Now, here's what I've learned about this after all these years. I get more faith. I get more wisdom through the preached word than I do anything else. Anything. Now, why is that? Because there's an anointing on it that's not on just your Bible reading. Come on. I'm not knocking your Bible reading. You need, you know, I push that all the time. How I many know that? But I'm just saying it, there's a difference here. That's why God gave us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Amen. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the, not, the unity of the faith. Amen. And we grow up. See, in other words, you're not going to grow up without sitting under the preaching of the Word. Right. See, those that, that don't go to, that I don't go to church. Well, you're not going to grow up. Right. Now, you'll probably think you are because you don't know what grown up looks like. Amen. Amen. If all you've been around seven-year-olds all your life or never seen an adult, you don't know. All seven years, you know, you've been around just kids. You don't know what an adult looks like. You don't know what a mature believer looks like. Amen. But yet God gave us the preaching, the preaching of the word. I get more faith from that because the Bible says faith cometh by. By what? It doesn't say it cometh by reading. Now, don't misunderstand me. I do believe it comes by reading. I do believe that. So I'm not saying it doesn't come by reading. I'm just simply saying the emphasis the Bible gave it, it said this, how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach unless they be sent? How, how it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those that publish good tidings, that bring good news of good things, see? And it goes on to say, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the highest level you're going to get is when you're sitting in a service like this tonight and somebody's preaching the word to you. You won't get that level of faith anywhere else. You won't get that level of wisdom anywhere else. And I just know from my life, the most faith and most wisdom I've got is come from sitting under the preaching of the Word. Amen. That's why it's important that you sit under somebody that's preaching the Word. <laughs> or you'll get things that won't be wisdom or it won't be faith. Amen. You know, there are good pe people out there. There's good preachers out there that they love God. They really do. But they're just blinded in some areas, see, and they don't know faith. I remember and this is an incident. I'll just touch on this, but it came to my mind. I think the Lord wants me to talk about it. But I remember an incident one time, and Phyllis remember this, but, but I'll leave the names out of it. But she'll remember this incident. It happened years ago. We were, at, we were with somebody that was going through surgery, and they were actually having open heart surgery. And we're all in the waiting room. I'm there. Phyllis is there. This, this person's pastor is there. They go to church, and they have a pastor, and their pastor's there. And I happen to know their pastor does not believe in divine healing. He doesn't believe that God heals. I mean, he may believe that God could, and maybe he might, but not that he will, necessarily. And so I remember we're sitting there in the, the, uh, the uh, waiting room, and the nurse comes out of surgery and is crying. This is not a good sign. The, the, nurse, the surgery nurse comes out in the waiting room and she is crying and she says it doesn't look like they're going to make it. Well, nobody was expecting that. 
You know what I'm saying? Nobody was expecting that news. And so her pastor says, oh, let's all gather around and let's pray. And he looks at me and he says, why don't you lead? I'm thinking, amen, because I'm not going to pray, God, you know, if it's your will. I'm going to do some battle in the spirit, amen, for this woman's life. And she did live many more years after that. It was, it was a battle for a while. She, there were times it didn't look like she was going to make it, but Phyllis and I just stuck with it. We kept, matter of fact, when we, we actually stayed at the hospital. We tried to leave, and when we leave, we got a call. She's getting worse. I thought, well, we're going back. And I said, we're just staying there until she's out of, out of the woods here. Amen. We're going to keep our faith here on these premises and keep her alive. Amen. Hallelujah. But see, listen, obviously if you went to that guy's church, you, you, know, you might get some things, but you're not going to get any faith for healing. But I'll tell you what, I don't know about you, but I want somebody that preaches the, the word. Hallelujah. And doesn't leave any of it out because, you know, of our, our doctrine, you know. I don't care about our doctrine. I care about the word. I'm a word of faith guy. Everybody say word of faith. Word of faith. But did you know there's some word of faith doctrines I don't agree with? Pure and simple. I'm word of faith to the core. But there's some things some of our brethren preach. Nah, that's not in the Bible. You, you, you made that up. You thought it said that, but if you'd read all the scriptures, it doesn't say what you're saying. Is that all right? If I was a Baptist, I would say that about some of our Baptist doctrines. I don't believe all the Baptist doctrines. I believe the word. You know, there's a lot that some Baptists believe once saved, always saved. Like you, you get in, you can't ever get out. God won't let you go. You know, they use the scripture, uh, you know, uh, no one shall pluck them from my hand. Well, no, but you can jump. And there's plenty of scriptures that tell us we've got to hold our faith in, to the end. Amen. So I'm not against the Baptists. Thank God for the people they get saved. I'm not against anybody. Um, but even on camp, there's things that we, that we preach. I hear someone present. No, I, that's, not, that's not the Bible. That's not what the Bible says. I'm going to stay with the Bible. Amen. Excuse me. How important it is, it, is it that we hear the preaching of the, of the word? It could be life or death. <clears throat> Amen. Listen. <clears throat> I get amazed sometimes when I talk to some of you. <clears throat> and some of the things that you'll bring up that I preached years ago. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, how in the world did you remember that? I'm thinking, I didn't remember it. I'm going to preach it again. But see, that truth gets in you by that anointing, and it's there for the Spirit to draw on. I'm telling you, a preached word is powerful. <clears throat> a pastor said, he said, I had a lady in my church. <clears throat> he said, I had this lady in my church and said she went in for routine surgery. Just routine. <clears throat> if there's anything routine about surgery, I guess if somebody else is having it, it's routine. If you have it, it's a major deal, right? But it was like not a dangerous thing, not, not a big thing, just a routine surgery. <clears throat> and she, and the, the lady told, her, told her pastor this. He said, she told me, she said, <clears throat> I'm laying in there on the table, you know, when they're doing this procedure on me. <clears throat> I don't know what it was he didn't say. He said, and all of a sudden she says, I hear the doctors say we're losing her. And she said, I started fading away. <clears throat> like I'm going somewhere else. <clears throat> and she said, when that happened, she said, I heard my pastor 
reading Deuteronomy 30:19. I call heaven and earth to record against you this day that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. She said, I heard my pastor reading that in the service because her pastor had preached on that verse. She said, when I heard that verse, therefore choose life, she said, I said, and I, you know, I don't know, inside of herself, she said, I said, I choose life. And she said, when I said that, she said, I heard the doctor say, she's back. Hallelujah. It's a good thing she was sitting in church and, and heard some anointed word. Amen. Because the Spirit of God, listen, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost knows every time we come to a service, He knows exactly what we need to hear. I might preach one thing and you might hear something totally different that the Holy Ghost is saying to you. Or He might emphasize one thing. But the Spirit of God, was, the Spirit of God is wise enough to know that that lady was going to need that Scripture. And when her pastor quoted that Scripture in a service, it got down on the inside of her. And at the right time, thank God it was in there, because if it hadn't have been, she'd been dead. But when she heard that, I thought, thank God that lady's going to church. Amen? I said, thank God she's going to church. Thank God she's getting the preached word. She's getting some wisdom. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to Matthew. I'm going to hurry, all right? I got four minutes and 26 seconds. <clears throat> Matthew, I do want to get you out. I really do. Matthew, but I want, to, I want to finish this real quickly. Matthew chapter 7. We're just talking about the wisdom of the Word, folks. We, we've got to realize that our wisdom, and it's the principal thing, it doesn't come from the world. It comes from the Word of God. Yeah. See, the psalmist said, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in this, uh, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delights in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. In other words, with less, the man that follows the word instead of the world is a blessed man. Hallelujah. <clears throat> He's blessed. Now, Matthew, uh, Jesus said this in verse 21. He said, Not everyone. It says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. So not everybody's going just because they claim that Jesus is Lord. They have to mean it. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and have done, and, and in thy name have cast out demons, and in your name have done many wonderful works. And then I will profess to them, I never knew you, Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Now, what does this mean? I mean, how could they have, um, you know, prophesied? How could they have cast out demons? How could they have done wonderful works in the name of the Lord? And then he says, I never knew you. Well, really, the Old Testament gives us the answer to this. In Ezekiel, it tells us, in Ezekiel, the Lord said, If a righteous man turns from his righteousness, all his righteousness won't be remembered. God will forget it if they turn from it. So what is Jesus talking about? Well, he is really talking about just what I said and what Paul talked about. These are people that left the Bible. They were once Bible people. 
They were once operating in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. They were once operating in the things of God, but they left the Bible. They still considered Jesus Lord, but they left the Bible. But how I many you know, if you leave the Bible, Jesus is no longer Lord over your life. Amen. And he said, I never knew you, uh, you, that, you that work iniquity, you know. And he went on to say, he says, therefore, because of this, in other words, you don't want this to happen to you. Uh, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'll liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and it was, for it was, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does not do them shall be likened unto a foolish man that's built his house upon the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Everybody knows this parable, right? You know this story, right? You know the difference is the foundation. See, the foundation, what gives you a solid foundation in life is the Word. Not just hearing the Word, but doing the Word. So you've got to hear it. So he said, one heard... And one did, one heard, and one didn't do. But all of them, both of them faced storms. But the storm knocked one guy's house down, and the other house, it didn't knock down. Now, in my life, I'm just talking about my life. In my life, whenever things have begun to crash in my life, if, has anybody had things in your life crash? Nobody wants to admit it. We, we all have. But here's what I've always found out. It's one of two reasons. You know what I'm saying? You know, if something fails in my life, you know, if it's something's failing and it's not working, something's failing in my life, it's usually one or two reasons for me. Number one, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing something the Word told me to do. Number two, I'm doing something the Word told me not to do. Come on, are you with me tonight? I'm either not doing something the Word told me to do, or I'm doing something the Word told me not to do. Like the time years ago, I've told you the story before, I was going through some really uh, hard situations and things just weren't working out and I, I I asked the Lord what I was going to do about it I said what am I supposed to do about this and he answered back he really did now it wasn't audible but you know you hear you hear that still small voice inside of you you hear those words inside of you and he spoke this to me just as plain as could be he said why don't you do what you preach I knew what he meant. Why don't you do what you tell other people to do? Well, you know what I'm saying. God, I wasn't doing something I should have been doing. See, that's what he was telling me. He said, in other words, I know what the Word said and what the Word said to do, but I just, I, I just wanted to take the lazy route and have God wave his hand over me and it all go away. But God said, you're going to have to do what you know to do. Right. If that means standing, you're going to have to stand. Right. Amen. And you know what I'm saying? I can't do that for you. You can't do that for me. I have to do it for myself, right? I have to obey the word for myself. See? Now, Isaiah 33. I know we're going to a lot of scriptures, but hey, we're in a hurry. Everybody say, we're in a hurry. hurry. Isaiah 33. And then I'm going to look at one more and I'm going to let you go. Isaiah 33. But you've driven here. You might as well get fed. Amen. There's people still at the restaurants in town. They're eating. So you're getting your spiritual food. Isaiah 33, verse 6, the Bible says, And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times. So what's going to cause us to be stable in these times? Wisdom and knowledge. See? And, strength, and, it, and it also will be the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is His treasure. So if we're going to have stability today, we're going to need the wisdom and knowledge of God. See, See 
the, the writer of Proverbs, he said it this way. He, he said that the word's health to all your flesh. I got in my Bible, it's in this one right here, uh, this is my main Bible. I've got a lot of Bibles, but this is my main preaching Bible. But I've got in here where, and that's Proverbs 4, by the way, 22. I've got in there where it says it's health to all your flesh. I got in there, it fixes, it'll fix whatever ails you. Whatever ails you, whether that's, you know what I'm saying? That could, not, we're not just talking about physical health. When he says, you know, it's health to all their flesh. Well, I take that to mean it's health to every, every area of my flesh, anything to do with my flesh or my life. It's health to it. It'll fix it. It'll fix it. The word's the answer. Amen. Now, in closing, let's go to Proverbs 8. Did you get something out of this tonight? See, just a nugget, man. We're just talking about, you know, how <clears throat> the word gives us wisdom. And we can't abandon the word in our life. We can't abandon the word in our society. We can't abandon the word in, in the church. Did you know that, listen now, the same courts, the same courts that will tell you that kick the Ten Commandments out, they judge by the Ten Commandments a lot of times. The things they kicked out. You know, if you steal something and the, you go before the judge, and he, I mean, he's going to sentence you for stealing something. And yet, yet he's the guy that told you we don't want him in the courthouses or in the school. Now, not me, that particular judge. But you know what I'm saying? The, the, you know, you're telling me that you kick the Ten Commandments out and then, and then you're going to throw me in jail for not living by them. Something's wrong with that picture. That's doctrines of demons. If you're going to throw me in jail for not living by them, then why don't you put them behind your, your desk, Your Honor? One judge did in Alabama. Remember that guy? Yeah. He said, I don't care what you say. They're staying back there. <laughs> Thank God for courageous people. Amen. Now, what, what are we saying here? Well, we're saying, see, our, our society was built on the foundation of the Ten Commandments. They were. It was. Now, you know, you get liberals who say, oh, no, no, it wasn't. No, our, our country was a pagan country, and the only reason the pilgrims even stopped here was to buy beer off the Indians. Because, you know, I don't know whether you know this or not, but they're rewriting history to your kids. Seriously. But here's the thing. If we weren't a Christian nation, then how did all the Scriptures get on the buildings in Washington, D.C.? How did the Scriptures get in the United Nations? Somebody was thinking about the Bible, right? right. So you can't tell me that because we got buildings that reprove your false doctrine. Amen. Now, you know, maybe your teachers tell you that and your professors tell you that, but they're just full of it because there's a lot of proof. Our Constitution alone, maybe it doesn't have the Ten Commandments in it, but, man, it's based on freedom and liberty. Amen. Our laws are based on... Our bankruptcy laws came out of the Bible. They've been misused. They've been perverted. But that's where they came from. They came from the Bible. Hallelujah. And I hear people, I don't even believe in God, and they'll use phrases that came from the Bible. I think, stop using God's words, man. What right do you have to take His word in your mouth? Amen. A lot of legal terms, they came from the Bible. They came out of the Bible. Why? Because our society, regardless of what liberals say, they, what, regardless of what they say, regardless of what atheists say, our society, was the United States of America, was built on the Word of God. That's why, it was so, that's why it's prospered so much. Amen. And the more we get off the word, the more problems we're having. Amen. 
You know, in, in our day, I mean, you could, I'm still in my day, but I'm talking about years ago. <laughs> I'm not gone yet, folks. But you know what I'm talking about. You know, we say our day, you know, the good old days. Well, here, we, 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 we we're living in good old days if you're born again, right? But here's the thing, you know, uh, you know, we, we were allowed to have Bibles in school. We were allowed to have prayer in school. It was after those things that were taken out that the problems escalated. Why? Because we took the wisdom of God out. Amen. We took the wisdom of God out. Now, let's close by this. <clears throat> Amen. Proverbs chapter 8, <clears throat> verse 34. This whole uh, chapter of Proverbs 8 is talking about wisdom. And it says in verse 34, Blessed is the man that hears me, or hears wisdom watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. So let me know, the Bible exhorts us to wait daily for wisdom. Daily. For whoso finds me, finds life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. Well, how do you find wisdom? Well, it's in God's Word. How many know that? But you find it by accepting what the Word says, believing what the Word says, and acting on the Word. I remember when God revealed that to me, I was praying for a guy who had cancer. His name was Job, and that's, I'm really seriously, his name was Job. And so I went to go, I went to Job's house. I've actually been to Job's house, everybody. <laughs> oldest, one of the oldest characters in the Bible, I've been to his house. I told you I've been around a while. Amen. Come on. All right, Kenny was at Adam and Eve's house. So anyway, I was at Job's house. And I remember, I'm just reading to Job, man. I'm just reading to Job. I'm reading him some scripture, you know, to help him, to encourage him. And I'm reading out of Proverbs 4. It says, you know, that, there, that God's words, life and medicine and, and health and all that. And, you know, and, and I'm just reading through there, and I'm, I'm reading that, you know, where it says, My son, attend to my words, incline your unto my sayings. Let them not depart from the midst of your eyes. Keep, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to them, those that find them. And all of a sudden it hit me, find them. It's not hard to find the word. It's in the Bible. But God's talking about finding them down in here. When you find them down in here, when they get from here, when they get off this page and get off, get off just your head and get down in here, and you find them, you live by them. Amen. What is wisdom? Wisdom's just living by the knowledge that you got from God. So you could have knowledge from God, but not, and you, could, you could have knowledge. See, knowledge is knowing what, you know, it's knowing about something. But understanding is understanding how to, how to apply the knowledge. But wisdom is when you actually do it. That's the wise thing. You just do the wise thing. So, you know, wisdom is crying out, man. And God said, listen now. Wait daily, verse 34, who finds me finds life, obtains favor of the Lord. But he that sins against me, he wrongs his own soul. And they that hate me or despise me or treat, treat me lightly, they love death. In other words, if you say, I don't have time for the word, you must love death. Because that's what's coming your way. Now, not necessarily physically death, but just spiritual death. Death to a lot of things. But listen to this. It said, I want to close with this. It said, watching daily. Everybody say daily. Did you know, if you didn't, I'm going to tell you, that if you gave God's Word 15 minutes a day, that's not long, is it? 15 minutes. That's real short. 15 minutes a day. If you gave God's Word 15 minutes every day, you would, you would 
in one year's time, you would have 91 hours of receiving God's wisdom. Think about that. 15 minutes a day equals 91 hours in a year. Do you think that maybe your life would improve if you got 91 hours of instruction from God every year? Come on, do you think your life would improve? Oh, drastically it would improve. How do you know, Pastor? Because mine has. Amen. Drastically improved by getting wisdom every day from God's Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, where has this deficit of wisdom gone in our society, in our churches? It's gone because we've left off the Word. Amen. Not us, but as a whole. I encourage you in your own personal life. Man, get a hold of the wisdom of God every day. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.